Hi, I'm Mike Dilk and you're listening to the Relax Bank UK show. The show that explores all kinds of health topics relevant to you, your family and your friends. Each week I talk to expert guests from a range of backgrounds to inform and entertain you. So please do join the Relax Bank UK family and stay tuned. Hi and thank you for joining the Relax Bank UK show this week. Now at the start of the year I get lots of people wanting to talk about the classic New Year resolution stuff, giving up alcohol, dry January, trying to do more exercise, taking up running, all this kind of stuff. And frankly, it can get a little dull. So for me to talk about the topic, take this topic on board, it had to be really interesting. And luckily, this chap made the grade. You know, I'd really classify this as actually like one of the most exciting times in beer history, which it's funny, non-alcoholic beer five or 10 years ago wouldn't have been framed that way. Bill Schufelt is one of the co-founders of the Athletic Brewing Company. So please do stay tuned for a great show all about alcohol-free beer. This show is cool! So Bill Schufelt is co-founder of the Athletic Brewing Company. And my first question to him was, are you a teetotaler? Do you drink alcohol at all? I am. I've yeah. I've been alcohol free for about a decade now, a little over. Um, really, just for personal lifestyle reasons. I'd say not in the traditional recovering alcoholic sense. Um, it's just the modern life is so busy. It's so connected. Work kind of follows us through all hours, and it was overall just an overall health and lifestyle choice. Okay, well, that, that, that's good. But you're not, you know, you're not anti-alcohol. The reason I ask that is because you know if, if Say if someone gives up smoking, that's the kind of worst anti-smoky person, anti-smoking person ever. You know, they they kind of violently anti-smoking. But you, you're not kind of in that category, right? Um, you know, I I'd really classify this as actually like one of the most exciting times in beer history. Which it's funny, non-alcoholic beer five or ten years ago wouldn't have been framed that way, but with in the call it the last 50 years over the last five or 10 decades, you know, beer used to be a part of every day, every occasion, like people would go to the pub four or five days a week. And in modern life, those alcohol occasions have been shrunk down from seven days a week to five days a week to four days a week to three days a week to like one drink on one day. And we're really trying to give people a way to reincorporate those great occasions, those moments of relaxation, the celebrations, the little rewards in any day of the week, any time, where they don't have to worry about it getting in the way of their lifestyle or their health goals or anything like that. You can just socialize with friends and have options. And so we really think it's very exciting. Um, it, you know, it I'm, I'm right bit- with you there. i got to say, I love beer. Uh, so being able to sort of drink it uh, whenever I want with whoever I want is is a, definitely a big plus. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm a real beer lover. Let's let's home in a little bit on <clears throat> on beer and alcohol free beer because I I I did a little bit of electronic stalking and of you and I, I saw one of your videos and uh, it's kind of how you started with your business partner in the garage making a few experiments so you know how do you make alcohol free beer it's because it's you know beer has alcohol in so how do you make it with no alcohol in 
Yeah, it's really a classic entrepreneur story. I, I really had no intention of working on alcohol-free beer full-time as a job. It was it was just a, such a pain point in my lifestyle where it was a totally binary decision where people were either drinking and had great options when they went out to pubs and restaurants, or they were not drinking and they were on the kids' menu and had no sophisticated or nice offerings. And when I stopped drinking about 10 years ago, it blew my mind when I'd go out to nice restaurants or I'd go to sports bars and there, there were just no options to participate if you weren't drinking. And I looked around these bars and at any given time, half the people in there aren't drinking alcohol or aren't on around. And um, so that was kind of what drove me to start. And I tried to order non-alcohol-free beer from all over the world to see what was out there. And... I realized it wasn't just in the US where there were five very mediocre offerings, but really worldwide, the offerings were very similarly, very low standard. Um, some nice lagers for sure. Um, but with the excitement in the merging craft beer space globally, it had blown my mind that no one was making great craft beer in non-alcoholic form. Um, so after I struck out and trying to buy non-alcoholic beer from anywhere, I started to read brewing textbooks and just try to figure out why people weren't doing it. And, you know, it, which it was, I guess, kind of crazy in itself, but just found myself reading four or five brewing textbooks and thought I could do this. Like this makes sense to me. And before I knew it, I was trying to reach out to brewers with like real expertise and practice. And me and my co-founder John, um, before I knew it, were home brewing in an empty warehouse and Gatorade jugs. So it was like really the smallest of batches um, that we were brewing on, like one gallon at a time. And now we're brewing five hundred plus gallon, five hundred plus barrels at a time um, in our big breweries now. Okay, so con considering I'm not a brewer, well, actually, I, I've made a bit of home brew, but I wouldn't class myself as a brewer. Uh, I'm certainly not a chemist. Can you just kind of give us a very simple explanation of kind of what you do to make beer without any alcohol in it? And, you know, I'm not looking for any trade secrets or anything. I'm yeah. just, you know, generally speaking, how's it done? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably disappoint you because it is actually fairly complicated. But I, I guess the, the first principles assumption we had is that if any of these big dealkalization, highly processed methods worked well, there would already be great non-alcoholic beer out on the market. And so we really deconstructed it and we wanted a all natural, very lightly processed process that respects the kind of the esters and aromas and really nice elements of fermentation. You know, in, in beer fermentation, there's every bit of sophistication and delicacy as there is in wine. And we didn't want to lose that by just nuking it at the end of the process. And so rather than having a very harsh dealkalization process at the end of our our run we came up with um there's about 10 changes to the brewing process that are anything from ingredient selection to time and tanks to temperatures temperature adjustments ph adjustments and we really control fermentation um throughout the life of it and it comes out to a very sophisticated fully fermented beer that is to alcohol free standards Okay, so you don't make beer and then take the alcohol out. You make beer in such a way that it doesn't really have any alcohol in in the first place. Correct. In in most of our beers, we do actually now. So we've released over a hundred beers um, over the life of our company so far, of all different styles. And 
we do actually have four or five methods now also. Um, so it's, we are really just approaching this in a totally innovative way that this category had seen no innovation in product or marketing for decades before the new wave of entrants came in. Yeah. Okay. So from my point of view, which is a, a home brewer. Okay. I've, I've, I've made a bit of beer, not quite in the bath, Very in cool. a bucket, what have you. The, the actual kind of fermentation when the yeast is doing its stuff, you know, there's an awful lot of different things going on there. And all that kind of goes to making the flavor. Well, it goes towards making the alcohol as well. But as part of that, it really does go towards making, you know, a, the, the flavor, which is quite complicated flavors. And I'm sure there's many, many different chemical reactions and different things going on to contribute to that. So tinkering around with that sounds kind of, well, I was going to say dangerous, but I, I don't really mean dangerous. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's been done for hundreds of years. So tinkering around with that, it's, it's quite brave. Well, I, I was thinking as I was reading these brewing textbooks that I may be the first person to ever be reading these books with the eye of not making alcohol, like just making non-alcoholic beer. And so I was like, in every step of the production process of beer, I was thinking about how to retain the great things of fermentation, um, really respecting the ingredients, like the the depth of the malt, the like earthiness of the hops, and um really trying to save all those good things and that's something our our other co-founder and brewmaster john speaks to all the time is that um like we really try to respect the integrity of the ingredients throughout our process and let them speak uh, his family had started a line of farm-to-table restaurants um really early um like very forward-looking in that space um so he really came from a culinary background um yeah, and John and I did hundreds of batches on Gatorade jugs. Uh, we we weren't testing the final results on anyone but ourselves, so we were containing <laughs> the potential damage there, but neither of us ever got sick on anything. And after about 30 trials and different methods, we were really doing the scientific method, the beer started to taste very good. Um, and that's when we started to actually bottle by hand samples in just brown bottles and I would drive them all over New England, sampling retailers and seeing if anyone was interested in it. And the response was really amazing. And that's when we started, we actually bought a canning line, procured a large amount of cans and started doing canning runs. And so it was, it was really bootstrapped from very small hundreds of iterations on Gatorade jugs. Um, then we bought our first three and a half barrel brew house. And then we bought a 20 barrel brew house and we've kind of scaled from there. No, oh, brilliant, brilliant. So let, let me ask you, apart from your beer having no alcohol, I suppose this is alcohol-free beer in general, is it is it less fattening than regular beer? Is it kind of better for you for other reasons other than, you know, you don't get drunk and get a hangover? Yeah, so we, we don't really make health claims just due to regulations, but um, objectively, non-alcoholic beer is very low in calories, if you compare apples to apples to their alcoholic counterparts, um, the general rule of thumb is for every 1% ABV in beer, there's about 20 ethanol calories in beer. So if you're removing that in a 4% lager, there's, that's a big reduction in calories right from the start there. Our, our athletic light, um, our, our athletic lager um, is about 25 calories um, in a 12 ounce can. Um, 
And then, yeah, our full-bodied IPAs are only 65 calories, which wow. is, you know, less than half of what a full-strength IPA would be. And um, just objectively and speaking in my own lifestyle, um, it, it's so nice to have a beer that it fits in my calorie goals. It fits in my occasions. It doesn't affect my sleep. It doesn't affect my work the next day. And it just introduces a lot of flexibility into my lifestyle. Um where alcohol is kind of a line in the sand moment in a day when you consume alcohol. There's a whole set of things you can't do after you consume alcohol in the day. Yeah. And this really leaves a lot of flexibility and just lets you enjoy the moment without having to think too far in advance. No, I get it. I, I really like the idea. Just going back to the word brave, okay? Us Brits, we are kind of picky when it comes to beer. I mean, I, I love beer. I, re I really do. Uh, you know it's one of my favorite drinks for sure um so are you being kind of brave because you're 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 bringing it into the uk as well you know it's 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 quite a are we are we kind of a fussy lot when it comes to beer how's it going it it's been very well received um you know the um so far we've experienced the uk as being very objective and looking for the best quality products at the best prices and products that fit into people's lifestyles. Um, I, I will say Athletics won over 100 Global Taste Awards in the last five years. Um, and some of those are London-based taste awards. Some of those are European-based taste awards. We've won gold medals at the International Beer Challenge. Uh, we're actually North American Brewer of the Year um, in that. And our our lager actually won a bronze medal at Euro Beer Star. Um, so it's, which, in terms of European loggers, it's a very high standard to compete in that realm. And mm -hmm. so we're we're super confident in the quality of our products. And the big advantage we have actually at Athletic is that we've invested so much into actually building our facilities. Um, Athletic is actually brewing and really dedicated to our own quality. Um, we do 55 quality checks before our beer goes out the door in any given batch. And we have um, dozens of people in our quality and lab departments. So it, it's dry January. It's a very good time to be talking about alcohol-free uh, beer. And dry January is actually quite popular in the UK. Is it a thing in the USA? It absolutely is. Um, so dry January actually got its start in the UK um, The with Alcohol Change UK and their dry January challenge they do every year, which they are doing again this year um, on their website. Um, but January is really a global period for healthy resets after the decadent holiday period. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a really receptive time to introduce new health habits and routines in people's lives. And people try new things, change up what they're ordering at grocery stores, what's on their list. And it's we generally see sales jump about 25% sequentially from December to January in any given year. Um, just by that natural trial period. And at Athletic Brewing this year, we're going with uh, Give Dry a Try as our campaign, where we're not asking people to take a pledge of sobriety or commit to a full 30 days. We just want people to give it a try. And we're so confident that people will love the taste of beer and not really miss the functional ingredient of alcohol, that they'll stick with us for the whole year after that. Um, and we're really not asking people to give anything up. Um, if if people's favorite drink they have on a Friday night at happy hour or something, um, this is a beer that fits into their whole rest of their lifestyle every day of the week. Um, 
to support our January efforts, we are introducing um, our Run Wild IPA on draft in the UK this month as well. So there'll be over 100 kegs out at different pubs across the UK this month, um, which is easy to track down on our store finder on our website. Okay. So you, you, you've got this alcohol free beer in kegs as well on pumps. Yeah, so there's been really been an overwhelming demand in pubs, and uh, we're in over 500 pubs across the UK. Uh, we've started to get some inroads with Green King and uh, Mitchells and Butlers in different estates in their range. And so uh, we are going to have kegs for the first time in the UK in 2024. Um, so we're really excited about that. Yeah, okay. Now that, that does sound good. Good luck with that. Price, price is a big thing. And the, when you buy a beer, or a, a, certainly a pint of beer in a pub, or you go to a supermarket and buy some tins or bottles, a large percentage of kind of what you pay is tax in the UK. I'm sure it's the same in the States. Um, and that's the I, I, I did a little bit of uh, homework uh, before this chat. And generally speaking, I think if, if you get uh, a beer that's 5% alcohol and you buy a, a litre of it, one pound and five p is tax, which you know, which is quite significant. So, um, a Carls Carlsberg Pilsner, which is a beer that lots of people drink uh, in a, a big supermarket in the UK, ends up being two pounds twenty a litre. So I thought, oh, I know what, I'll, I'll have some fun with Bill and I'll see what what his beer costs and ask him why it's. Uh, my thought was, okay, well, it will be less the tax. Thinking, I wonder if it is. So I looked up the prices of some of your beer. I, I wasn't comparing like with like, admittedly. Um, but on your website, I I worked out that um, Run Wild IPA, that, I, I, and I, I, I hope I've got this right, was £6.51 a litre. So that's quite a big difference. Well, on the website is a bit difficult because it includes a lot of like shipping costs and different things. I think... Right. Um, I think our Tesco price is probably the most accurate representation of an athletic price, which um, so we offer uh, at five, five pounds per four pack of 350 milliliter cans. Um, so and that goes on promo to four pounds at different times. So that's really pretty line priced with even very economically priced loggers in Tesco. Um, okay. And, you know, a lot of those loggers even though they have tax advantages they have very light hop bills which tends to be the most expensive ingredient in beer so to make fully flavored craft non-alcoholic beer is really a very similar cost proposition to full strength alcoholic beer in right. in most in most cases an alcoholic lager will be far cheaper to produce than a quality craft non-alcoholic beer um just due to the ingredients the scale we brew at Plus, there is a lot of food safety and quality that needs to go into creating safe non-alcoholic beer that isn't as necessary in alcoholic craft beer. Um, so there is a lot of investment to go into that. I will say, though, at Athletic, we do try to pass through every bit of those savings to our consumers. Um, and the big advantage we have, as I said before, is we are not contract manufactured. So we're not price takers. We have we make all our own beer. We source all our ingredients directly. And so we really get a, a lot of economies of scale and margin advantages. And, you know, there's been huge supply chain inflation the past few years. 
And as a private company that owns all our own facilities, we're really able to see through those peaks and valleys of inflation and try to protect our customers at the shelf a little bit. Yeah, certainly. I, I would I would imagine that um, certainly something like beer is very price sensitive. So, you know, you, you, you have to keep on top of that. Yeah, we we definitely try to keep it around the the five pounds per per four pack of cans, which uh, we found is like a really agreeable price to the UK consumer. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds very exciting. Uh, I I do like the idea of it being on tappers in pubs uh, as well. Um, going back to my electronic stalking, I was I was looking at yeah. your your website, and uh, one thing which I, I noticed. Um, which I really like the look of. You're kind of involved in the upkeep of hiking trails. That that, that seems Absolutely. very removed from beer. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So John and I, you know, we had a, a full year homebrewing and just talking about the company we wanted to build and the impact we wanted to have on the world and what we wanted Athletic Brewing's legacy to be in 25 years when we look back on it. Um, and we really wanted to make sure we weren't just profit extractors from the world that we had an ongoing positive impact in our consumers' lives and communities and the environment. Um, the environment's extremely important to all of us. We want to pass on a world that's in similar form to the next generations. And so we hard-coded from day one, 2% of all sales go to trail and park cleanups everywhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everywhere we sell beer. So it started out at about 5,000 pounds per year we donate to trail and park cleanups and that was one single donation last year it was 1.3 million dollars and over 100 donations in 2023 we'll donate almost 2 million dollars to 210 different outdoor organizations that maintain trails build trails build bike parks build urban outdoor access and so every year making hundreds of donations adding up to millions of dollars We'll have a really enduring legacy on the planet and outdoor access for generations to come and it's something we're super excited about we're yeah. approaching yeah we're approaching about five million dollars of total donations so far so it's that, exciting two percent of sales or two percent of profits two percent of sales so very. we've been doing it since long before we made any profits very good all right i like that a lot you know what there's there's a big movement in the uk about footpaths and rights of way um, because essentially uh, lots of landowners keep footpaths open and are very good, but some kind of block them off. Uh, and every so often you, you hear of some people who, who walk footpaths and rights of way to sort of to, to keep them open. So there's a big, there's certainly a big movement in the UK uh, of people very much interested uh, in that, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, we've made a, a wide range of donations already in the UK. Um, the Southwest Southwest Coast Trails Association has been a multiple year recipient. Um, we've worked with organizations that clean up beaches and parks all over the UK as well. So, um, yeah, we are very active in the UK in our Two for the Trails program. That's Because I have to say, from a selfish point of view, one of my favorite things is to go for a walk with the family and finish the walk at a pub. Uh, maybe have some lunch or a drink or, or what have you. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm right behind you on that one. I do like uh, the sound of that a lot. Um, That's exactly where the name Two for the Trails came from. Me and my brother would each take a beer on a hike and have a beer after the hike. So it was essentially like Two for the Trails. Okay. Um, but it works out to 2% also. Yeah, okay, good. Um, 
if people are listening to this and thinking, all right, I like the sound of uh, trying some alcohol-free beer, possibly even some beer made by the Athletic Brewing Company or what have you, how can people find out a little bit more and also actually find out which pubs have it on tap? Yeah. So I think checking out our website is probably the best source of information. Um, we have a store finder, a pub finder. So you can find either if you're looking to buy at a grocery store, if you're looking to find it on at a pub or on draft on the website or at our social media handles um, at Athletic Brewing UK. Um, but otherwise, I would really just encourage people to head to Tesco and find their favorite beer on the shelf. The set is amazing these days. Athletic, of course, offers a range of craft non-alcoholic beers, everything from lagers to IPAs to golden ales to stouts. And then these days you can really find your favorite beer in non-alcoholic form. So we call it the uh, like the four-pack test. If people put a, a four-pack of our beer and a four-pack of their favorite alcohol beer in their fridge, you'll be shocked at how many occasions there are where you just want the great taste of a beer without the alcohol. And so that would definitely be my challenge to people this month is just to give dry a try. Okay. That, that sounds like uh, something worth doing. So look, Bill, thank you very much indeed for chatting. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on. Uh, we're really excited about the road ahead in the UK. Good luck with it. And you're very welcome. Thank you very much to my guest on this week's show. And that was Bill Schufelt talking about his company, athletic brewing a big thank you to you for listening and have a healthy week until next week thanks for listening to the relax back uk show join me mike dilk again next week for more fascinating interviews and chat if you're listening to the podcast version please subscribe like and share it with your family and friends and have a healthy week until next week